Welcome to the Ghostwriter and Pup Podcast. I am Jody Aberdeen. I am a, an author, ghostwriter, and many things right now. And self-help junkie, which is particularly pertinent for this episode, because this is episode one of the regular Joe Spirituality series. This emerged out of my journaling series that preceded this last week. Essentially, I want to talk about the spiritual and personal growth topics that I care about, and basically the way that I talk about them. <laughs> uh, I call it regular Joe spirituality. Uh, do I have to explain the joke? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, the obvious one is obviously my name is Jody, so it's regular Joe. Uh, though, the, though the name Joe applies to any gender, whatever, you know, you take it for yourself, any, any name, really. It's the idea of just spirituality for ordinary people in 2020. We've got a lot of stuff going on, and to put it mildly. And it's easy to not only just lose hope, but to think that there's no way out, right? The truth is, the world is changing. By the end of this year, three months into the COVID thing alone, it's things are already much different than they were before. More so than we want to think. The impact is just, we're just at the beginning of this, uh, of this ride. On top of that, we have the current upheaval, uh, race-related upheaval in the United States and around the world, and we're we're just we're very we're not new into the phenomenon. We are new into this particular iteration of the phenomenon, and maybe this and and with with every uprising of some kind against injustice, we kind of hope that this is going to be the one that changes things. At least there's a sense there's a palpable sense this time of that being true. And that's what I want to talk about. I'm also, uh, because I am recording this about an hour after I just had my own COVID-19 test. I have been experiencing strange symptoms, not strange symptoms. I've been experiencing symptoms that are not part of my usual experience in my body that frankly are very attributable to allergy season. But in this current pandemic, who knows, right? With the government having put out a call for additional testing, even if you're not symptomatic, it seems to me my civic duty to go and test myself so at the very least we can know for sure where I stand and to, and to basically do my part to chart how well the response to this virus is going. But I want to talk about that. Personal growth needs to shift to that more do-gooding quality. I think it's kind of funny that many of the heroes that we revere in popular culture, especially superheroes, are the classic demonstration of what we would, we would deem to be, quote-unquote, do-gooders. That is, people who think predominantly not of themselves, but of other people. Or, when the time calls for it, the people who will sacrifice themselves in order to safeguard the entirety of the population. It doesn't always have to be this life sacrifice. Often it's something as simple as wearing a mask, 
during a pandemic, getting yourself tested if you have symptoms, keeping your distance, and otherwise just respecting people and doing your part to help. But what I really think is funny is that when you see ordinary people doing this, there is a contingent of others out there who are genuinely baffled by the behavior of individuals who are doing something that doesn't directly lead to self-benefit. And I hate to say it, but an awful lot of these individuals are leaders in the personal growth industry. There's a certain school, there are several different schools operating under this umbrella of personal growth. The people who tend to be actively resistant to pandemic measures, to contribution, to social policies and government that take care of the least among us, often have cited the work of Stephen Covey, Tony Robbins, Norman Vincent Peale, and many others who created that whole sense of wealth and abundance. But have you noticed that the wealth and abundance in a lot of self-help is inherently selfish? It's about, it's materialistic. It's mansions and yachts and people making you drinks and, you know, exotic vacations around the world. It's fame and fortune and status much of the time. And, you know, those experiences are admittedly wonderful. I haven't had them myself. I'm not sure I'd like being at the center of that much attention, frankly. I don't know what I would do if I had all that amount of money. The fact is, it leads to a certain callousness because one of the fallacies of the personal growth mentality is that if you follow these principles without fail, you will succeed. Therefore, if you failed, it's your own fault. Can you see how that idea is only maybe a hop, skip, and a jump away from blaming the poor and the homeless and the destitute and the oppressed for their own lot in life? And unfortunately, when you have been inundated with this particular school of personal growth teaching, this is what you end up hap having to happen you end up with people who have more money than God thanks to their personal growth books and their coaching seminars and their big rallies looking down on the poor. And this is how you also have people who aren't at that level. For every Tony Robbins, there's like a hundred Tony Robbins wannabes, right? Or a thousand maybe, 10,000 that you never heard of, but who have their own small pockets of followers who are earning six, maybe seven figures. And they're doing well. But they still think, they're still aspiring, they still think they can become, or they're still aspiring to that type of superstar level that Tony Robbins has. You see, Tony, I love a lot of his teachings. I don't quite follow everything that he says, and nor should I, and nor should you. No one guru should have the monopoly of your faith. You should be eclectic. 
and take the perspectives from many different people. But there's a lot of people who model themselves and their behavior after the successful ones. And a lot of those people don't have great social values. They don't understand. I don't know if that they don't understand or that they don't care, but for whatever reason, they're quick to call people who sacrifice for the community do-gooders. As if it's a bad thing. As if it's uncool. And the thing is, uh, I don't think that's going to work anymore. Look at what it leads to over time. It leads to the more wealthy you get, the more powerful you get, the more you can donate to a politician, you know, their, re their election or re-election campaign, the more, that, the more likely that they're going to return the favor when they're in office, usually a favor that involves benefiting you at the expense of other people who are not you, who are way less fortunate, who are way disadvantaged and even oppressed. I don't think that can stand anymore. And the more powerful that they get over time, the more they skew the process of democracy, the more they affect policy, and the more subsequent generations of those underprivileged people suffer. suffer. And when the time comes to, say, isolate during a pandemic, what do they do? They're calling for the reopenings. Not because they think, you know, and they'll cite any reason that they can, that the thing doesn't exist, that it's a big hoax, that we're all being played, when really, or they'll cite something that sounds fairly reasonable, that we need the economy to function, when what they're really concerned about is that their passive income that comes from workers doing the work for them, en masse, is starting to dwindle. And they're going to start losing money. Now, it is totally understandable to not want to lose money. But I think there's, there's just something interesting that happens when you have so much money. I'm not talking the hundred thousand there. So it, it's expensive now. You, some, you, a million doesn't get you what it used to. So I can, I can appreciate that maybe having a few million dollars if you want, really wanted to do something great in life. And to leave something for your kids and grandkids. I understand that. And more power to you. I'm talking about the billionaire class. You know a billion is a thousand million. And a million can do a fair bit in terms of... It does much more than the average person, that's for sure. I'm not saying the money's necessarily evil either. Just look at the Bill Gates Foundation. Bill, I mean, for all of the conspiracy bullshit floating around right now... He and, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates have saved thousands of lives through their charitable activities. And that's just one example. So money is good, but not, there's a certain strain of thinking about money. The selfish strain of thinking. And you forget that what becomes pocket change for you is maybe a month's worth of groceries for somebody else. And I think uh, it's time to stop thinking about me and to start thinking as we. Oh no, Jody's a socialist, blah, blah, blah. No, but you know what? I'm not. I do think it's good to have a conscience. And I think any personal growth, can't, any personal growth philosophy 
that will take us places from the 2020s onward cannot stop at individual fulfillment. It cannot even have the individual necessarily as the main goal. I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying you shouldn't want nice things. I'm saying that if you only focus on the nice things that you like, your brain will just automatically move the goalposts of what success is for you. They call it the hedonic treadmill. It's how you just never prepare, you're, ne you're never satisfied with anything. This is why you get some of these rich people. Sorry, I was just interrupted by a phone call and now I don't know where I was. Selfishness. Okay. Yes. It's, it's okay to want nice things. But you end up on that hedonic treadmill and then you just always want more. Well, then start giving. But then, depending on which philosophy or philosophies you've subscribed to that's made you that amount of money, you may seem strange to you. Self-help has to be service. It has to benefit everybody. I don't think we can continue into the future as a civilization until we get to that point where it's no longer considered strange, bizarre, do-gooding or insincere, looking good. To actually want to go out of your way and sacrifice your own goals for the betterment of everybody. It is time to think about the collective, maybe as a more primary function. And it's okay to have your own goals. In fact, you should have them. Just make sure that your own enrichment, your own abundance doesn't stop at... The, at the fulfillment of whatever it is that you set out to do. Anyway, that's what I've got for this first episode. This is Rusty. A lot of this, I'm ranting. I will have a more structured episode tomorrow where we're going to talk a bit about culty people. <laughs> if you have any questions about this episode, if you have any suggestions for topics you want me to talk about in the next, uh, for however long the series goes, send me an email, jody at jodyaberdeen.com. That's it for the Ghost Rider and Pup, the first episode of the Regular Joe Spirituality series. I'm Jody Aberdeen. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.